I'm constantly having to get up and tell myself that, you know, like, no, just just stay the course, just stick out this, you know, and not, not get to a point where I'm, like, panicking or scrambling um, to try and, like, make stuff happen. Sometimes it's, like, just about trusting the process and trusting the journey that you're on. We are so focused on having everything sorted and figured out that we somehow hide all of our our failures and our flaws and put them to the side as like some type of shameful thing that we don't want to bring out to people that would that to me was actually just the most freeing thing because i'm sitting here thinking to myself man i feel like i'm doing it wrong because i'm working so much but actually it's just part of the process you know it's the thing that makes us entrepreneurs and that's the thing that most people just won't understand if you're not willing to be the sole responsible for something failing or succeeding then Are you curious about how to spend your life doing what you were born to do? The things that truly light you up and come naturally to you? Well, you're listening to The Right Podcast. I'm Joseph Papadilla and I'm a creative business owner running a content creation agency. On the From the Inside Out podcast, we'll meet and interview high performers from all walks of life. If they've got a great story of how they've built something or are simply thriving, doing what comes from the God-given dreams, talents, and gifts that are inside of them, that's who we're going to talk to. So together, let's find out what it takes and the rewards of building your life from the inside out. Yeah, it is always awkward starting these things. Definitely. You you had me on your un, yet unreleased podcast yeah. a few months ago, and yeah. I feel like we always have said every time we catch up, we need to start recording a podcast because it's just good information. That's what, that's what happens when two just incredibly intelligent people <laughs> yeah. start talking to each other. Just two titans of industry. It's just, it's just exactly, you know, it's just magic and gold and people just need to be there and hear it. I mean, why else would you record yourself? Yeah, it's not self-serving <laughs> at all. <laughs> Thanks for coming on it. No worries, bro. The very last minute, quite literally. And uh, I'm very excited to have another chat with you. I feel like... This is probably going to be half a catch up and half just going through what I'd normally want to know and, yep. and find out. But what's your name? Um, my name is Adrian. Adrian? Morricone or Morricone. What's the, is that the proper pronunciation? Who knows? Probably. <laughs> Morricone. I have some Italian heritage there, but, uh, you know. Are you a handsy talker? This is about the extent <laughs> of my Italian. Well, which is probably incredibly offensive to people. Oh yeah, yeah, I probably shouldn't Maybe do that. Do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a pleasure having you here. Thanks, man. Again, with with such such short notice. But we've we've known each other for a while, and again, we've I've watched I've watched us develop over the last couple of years, and mm. we work for those who don't know, and probably hear later on in very similar industries, and we've kind of crossed paths and helped each other collaborate over the years, but currently. You run Killer Web Design. That's the one. Which is a web design agency, but I'm sure you could extrap- extrapolate, you could expound rather yeah. on what, what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, we kind of like are focused on three main areas. So uh, like being a small business, I'm really passionate. And, and being a small business, but also passionate about creative, um, I, I kind of looked around the market and there's not really many companies out there or many agencies out there that really do a good job for small business um they typically tend to template things or you know really just kind of give them maybe it's a design that they've used on 10 other projects and they're just kind of like banging it together to to get it out the door um and they don't really future proof they don't really future proof the, the website either so they don't really think about it in terms of hey this business in 12 months time might not be you know, doing what they're doing now, maybe they're going to have an accelerated growth. And so we need to actually develop a scalable platform for them um, rather than just, you know, a template that they're kind of fixed to for however long they have it. So um, having a background in obviously brand strategy and um, yeah, focused on kind of design sides of things, I wanted to really focus on making sure that whatever um, whatever projects I've made for clients, that they were unique to them as a business, that they weren't just another cookie cutter. But then also it's like, how do you then make it affordable? Because obviously anytime you make something handmade, mm. um, you know, obviously that takes time. Time take is is money. 
Um, so, you know, I am somebody who's very analytical. I like to break things down, create processes. So essentially I just created a really streamlined process, built my own, created my, all my own frameworks um, for developing, which, um, yeah, it's helped me kind of build websites for small businesses um, particularly um, and do them really, really fast. But that being said, um, there are other stages in, in the process as well. And, you know, businesses go from small business to a medium-sized business and they're really focused on marketing now. And so in order to have a really robust marketing website, obviously you're thinking about SEO, you're thinking about Google ads, you're thinking about, you know, social media ads, all that sort of stuff. So you're now thinking about your website more from a campaign sides of things. So it's really thinking about, um, at that level, it's really thinking about who's coming to the website, what's the point, what's the information you want to deliver to them, how do we create the design to actually convert the customer that's coming. Um, and then the next level on top of that is like, once, once you start to use your website a little more frequently, you start to think to yourself, well, how can I make this better, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the great thing is, is that there's so much technology out there these days, and particularly with AI coming into play, um, you know, it's really easy to, for a business that maybe doesn't really touch their website at all, they don't really do much with their website, to go from um, that into having this website that constantly attracts customers and has people coming back. And I think ideally that's where every business should try and get to, is to create some, some form of value, value, or I call it a platform, in which people are coming to your website, it makes you completely unique from all your customers, you're now creating your own technology that your competitors can't, you know, copy or um, do as quickly and easily, and it just helps you to, to stay ahead of the game. So, you know, I'm I've got some big plans on things that I'm going to do for that. I've been working on that size of things with my clients as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, realistically, those are kind of the three things. It's like working with small businesses just getting started, bigger businesses that are really focused on marketing and converting traffic, and then um, businesses that want to turn. Um, their website into a platform that keeps people coming back. So good. So good. And for those people who have just been listening to all of that gold that you've just spat out off the cuff, mm. I think it should be clear that you know what you're talking about Yeah, and that you've been doing this for a while and you've thought about it from more than just a, a beautiful, beautifully designed website standpoint. And I know that because of the way that we've interacted over the years and the way that yeah. you, you think about strategy and, and processes and everything like that. So I'm very intrigued now because we're going to unpack essentially how you got to this point in a mm. way through the questions that I'm going to be asking and the journey we'll, we'll, we'll hear about. But up top, the person who just came on the podcast last had a question for you mm -hmm. that she had no idea who you are going to be. Yep. But the question that's been presented to you is... At the moment, Adrian, what are you too scared to do right now mm. that you know you need to do next? That's an intense question. Um, I, think that, I think the thing that I'm the most scared of doing right now, and particularly with the market the way that it is, um, you know, clients are a little slower to pay their bills. Um, actually, recently, right now, I have a customer that I'm chasing some money from who I've found out has gone into liquidation. So, you know, it's like... This is kind of the market that we're in at the moment, but um, I've reached a capacity limit um, and I'm wanting to expand and grow. And it's, I guess, the, the real thing that I'm kind of a little fearful of is um, taking that step and figuring out how to employ people, get people on board with what I'm doing, um, teaching people how to do it the way that I do it and not um, the way that everyone else does it, because obviously that's what makes it unique. Um, yeah, I think I think to be honest with you, it's really just believing in myself again and like backing myself. And like we'll unpack it a little bit more as we go on. But um, had a few little hiccups along the, on along the way that have kind of made me second guess whether business is a thing for me or not. Um, and that's been a journey. And so I guess yeah, learning to just trust myself and back myself, I guess, is the main thing. The thing that I found interesting is that what you feel like you're kind of scared to do next is something you've kind of already done yeah in the past and obviously it's it's taken shape the way it has over the years but all the way back to when you were younger did you feel like business was a thing for you what was some of the things that you maybe yeah. thought about doing as a young child or teenager yeah i mean i have never ever once in my life thought i would 
run my own business, which is peculiar because my dad, my dad, you know, has a pretty successful business as well. Um, you know, has he's in the liquid fertilizer industry, and you know, he's it's got a what most people would consider a large business. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just never really. It was ne- when I was in high school. It wasn't something that I thought about. It wasn't something that I thought about in my twenties. It wasn't until like my thirties that I kind of went. I really hate working for people. Um, I think that that's what it is because, you know, for me, I'm a very much a visionary type of person. And um, as my wife tells me sometimes, it's like my way or, or no way. Um, and, you know, I think that most entrepreneurs are like that. They have a very, very high sense of confidence in their ideas, that their ideas are the best idea. Um, and, you know, I think that that's probably been the reason why um, I've wanted to get into business is because when I look around at what people are doing, I'll, like I analyze everything, like what people are doing and what people, how people react, how it's, it's been part of the reason why I've been, I guess, successful in the branding sides of things is because I can analyze what, like the data of things. I can look at what people are doing, even just like subtle cues that people give me, like in a conversation or whatever. It's like I'm analyzing literally every single thing that people are doing, saying people, things that people are completely unaware of. I'm analyzing that in the background and I'm like running that through in my head. Like I'm running that through pretty much every type of scenario in like a split second. And then I'm going, okay, this is the way that we go. Um, And it's been really hard to like work for somebody, particularly when somebody's not that in tune with what their business is doing or what's going around them. And you can clearly see like, this is the, the way that you fix this problem that you have. And you just end up as like an employee, you just end up bashing your head up, up against a wall and it's like soul crushing. I'm like, I would rather be out there on my own doing it, trying something, failing at it, figuring it out, and then taking the next step rather than sitting back and just going, yes, sir. Have you always had that analytical mind about things even when you were younger? Like, what were some of the things that you enjoyed doing? Oh, man, like I was music and that was it. Yeah, like I was, I always was convinced that I was going to be like a rock star. Um, <laughs> I learned drums at, at a pretty young age. Like I, I think I was in grade seven or eight when I started playing drums and then I picked up guitar and started playing guitar and um was just heavily into music. Me and my mates used to like jam all the time. I was probably in like three or four bands when I was in high school. And then um, when I finished high school, I had a couple of mates of mine that um, that we kind of had a little band that we put together and um, we recorded some stuff. And I was from a smaller town, so from Townsville originally. So like, you know, um, not everybody has like big dreams and big aspirations. And so it's like, I wanted to take it to the moon and they were kind of like happy just doing local gigs and whatever else. And when push came to shove and it was like, okay, I'm going to go to Brisbane. Um, nobody else really wanted to kind of take that step either, but you know, like life, right? Like I had family at that point. I was married. I got married really young. Um, me and my wife are high school sweethearts. We started dating in high school. Um, I got married at 19 turning 20 had my first child at 21. Um, so I've got, I've got three kids. They're all like pretty much all teenagers now. Um, my youngest is 10, my eldest is 16 and my, my son is 13. And so like just where I was at, I was really young with a lot of responsibility. Um, and so I guess those dreams of doing music and whatever else kind of just disappeared, like I guess. And so I kind of just applied them to other things. But there's always been a sense of like, I want to achieve greatness, whatever I'm, whatever I'm doing, I want to be seen as the best mm. at that thing. I'm always somebody that puts like 110% in what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, you know, and then sometimes it's, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, it's exhausting sometimes. And then, you know, thank God I've got a family that love me and yeah. What, what prompted the move to Brisbane? <laughs> Um, to be honest with you, like we were, we were pretty much, um, yeah, we were pretty, we were pretty set in Townsville. Like all my family's from Townsville. I'd always, I'd always known that I was going to move to Brisbane and, um, 
yeah, I kind of have been a part of like pretty involved in like church. And so, you know, there was a, a, um, a leader or a pastor of another church in Brisbane that I kind of felt like I wanted to kind of come and be a part of what they were doing here in Brisbane. Um, and it just happened to be like right at the time, 2009, it was the um, global financial crisis. And yeah, well. my wife had lost her job. Um, I was kind of doing some like freelance music production and recording that sort of stuff. And so obviously there's better opportunities for that here in, in down south in Brisbane. Um, so we were just packed up and and moved. Yeah, it was like we made a decision and two weeks later we were wow. in Brisbane. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a move. That's a quick one. Yeah. I think there's some some, I guess maybe thematically even with myself, <laughs> and wasn't really sure that we were gonna talk about this, but coming from smaller towns and I suppose you don't really see too many people you know, make the move to a big bigger city unless they believe there's something better than the current situation. Mm. And I've I've definitely seen that in my own life. I've seen that in people around me who have done the same thing and and clearly and there's nothing wrong again i don't want to ever make come across that there's, there's something wrong about staying in a small city or a small town because people have their own dreams their own lives but i definitely see that when people are dreaming a bit bigger then they will tend to move somewhere to try something new expand the horizons yeah what when you did that move what what did the journey look like from that point um, I mean, like, obviously, like any, anybody, like you, you move somewhere, you're trying to like get yourself established. So I had a couple of, again, like sales-based jobs and um, did some cold calling, did some door-to-door sales, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. That didn't last very, very long. I got sick of that real quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I kind of, I kind of just did whatever I needed to do to kind of make some money um, and get going and, and, you know, um, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, like I just tried my best with whatever I did. You know, I had I had um, some skill in in music production, and you know, I just would spend all my time um, writing and recording music. I ended up connecting with a guy um, who mastered a CD, mastered my band back in the day. Um, he did the mastering for it, and then he was like, "Hey, I've got this studio here in um, Brisbane that I'm kind of putting together. Do you want to?" be a freelance um, engineer there. I was like, yeah, sure. So I was kind of then like, um, I was kind of just in the, in the local music scene, just like literally going to gigs and talking to bands, like not then nothing major or anything, but just talking to bands, drumming them up, saying, hey, got the studio. Um, so I learned a bit of sales, you know, all that sort of gear and used the door-to-door tricks and, you know, my, my like, in all of that, like my experience has been very eclectic, like um, sales, customer service, um, music production, graphic design. Um, I did do some web development um, there as well. And then eventually I ended up going on staff at my church as their production manager. Um, so I did that for about four years, four or five years. Um, and it's pretty pretty massive um, deal because we had... Uh, two campuses in um, Brisbane that were what we call a bump-in, bump-out service. And it was a pretty sizable um, PA that we were bumping in, bumping out. Mm-hmm. So in that process, I, I learned how to systemize things to make sure that we got in and out really, really quick and efficiently. I learned how to um, develop teams of people and train people on how to do things and break things down so that people could understand them simply. I learned how to delegate. I learned how to lead. I learned how to do build relationships with people. Like there's so much that I actually learned in that period of time where I was actually working at at my church, which was, um, you know, pretty, really cool that Mm. I'm using all of those skills now, but I never, when I was doing it, I never thought to myself, oh, I'm doing this because I'm learning all these skills. Um, But now also as well, it's like, I was a pretty, excuse my language, but I was a bit of a shit, like not going to lie. Um, I, I had like, I a bit of an arrogant t- type of dude. Um, I still am to, to a degree, but definitely that's been, been kind of like tamed and all of that has kind of come through, you know, work my time working at the church and um, learning how to deal with people, learning how to manage conflict because there was a lot of conflict. You can imagine like um, you got hundreds of people that you're kind of, working with and you know it's a band to be conflict so learning how to manage conflict learning how to like manage your own 
energy. Uh, there's just so much. I learned so much in that period of time. Um, and then at the end of that, I was just like, okay, kind of sick of doing this. And now I'm going to go out and just do my own thing. So that's when I originally started my first business, which was Trident Creative. Um, and originally um, I, had a, I had a guy who I was uh, from my church who was teaching me video production. Um, shout out to Josh Wright, who's a legend. <laughs> um, he kind of taught me just some basic stuff and I just went, okay, cool. I can figure out how to do this. This is pretty simple. Um, as we know, it's not. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was pretty simple. And, you know, I just kind of thought to myself, okay, now I know some sales. I'm going to go knock on doors until I find people that want to be my clients. Um, I didn't really have like a portfolio or anything. I just purely relied on like my confidence in myself in knowing that, yeah, if anything comes my way, I can problem solve it. Um, actually, that's probably the biggest thing that I learned at church, to be honest with you, is problem solving. Um, and yeah, so I just back my ability now to know that like, even if I haven't done something before, I fundamentally understand how it works and I'm confident in my ability to be able to execute it. Yep. Even if I can't execute it, I can find people who know how to execute it, but I know the process. I understand like the logical flow of it so that when somebody comes in to do the part, I know exactly what I need them to do, even if I don't have the skills to do it themself, myself. Yeah, and that's come from, again, your combined knowledge, the innate, the innate talents, what I'm hearing, also the experience of all of the fundamental things about business, sales, operations, mm. team, mm. and then funny enough, the, what I'm hearing is the delivery side was the thing that you're like, oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Rather than having the product polished, you've done all the other things, but you're like, we'll figure it out, which is very entrepreneurial. Yeah. And then I find that fascinating because Alex Homozi tends to, I don't want to butcher his quote, but he says something about stacking, uh, confidence being a result of stacking undeniable proof of things that you've done, Yeah, that you're ready to just figure it out the next time and because you've got that confidence that you built over time. Yeah. How did Trident Creative's life cycle look? Because I know obviously we'll get yeah, to so, I mean, we, what you're we, doing now. Originally, I started with video um, and then I had um, some guys who I knew who came on and kind of interned with me and I kind of taught them the ropes on, on some things. They kind of helped me. Um, and then eventually that grew to me doing, um, cause I always, every time I would do something, a client would say to me, Oh, I've got this problem. And I would think to myself, yeah, I think I can solve that problem for you. So then I would go and I would find people to assist me in solving that client's problem. So that's kind of been the natural journey of like everything that I do. Um, and my sister originally kind of helped me because she's a graphic designer. She helped me kind of with the graphic design stuff. And then I got another intern in who started doing some graphic design um, and then web design as well came into that. And then so I kind of transitioned from doing primarily videography and I kind of transitioned into doing the development sides of things. And then I had a designer that was designing. And so we had these three, three skill sets that we were going, which was content creation, um, branding and web development. Um, and it was, it was great. It was, it was a really... It was a really good system and it worked well. Um, and then during COVID, like everything, I, I just kind of overestimated myself a little bit. And um, there was a lot of money floating around. Um, like, as you know, the, from the government and people were spending money on marketing. And so I, I kind of, in my, my naivety, just thought to myself, oh yeah, like this is just gonna be a trend that just continues. And so I kind of probably just overextend myself a little bit with, with overheads and things like that, which is coming back to the reason why I'm a bit nervous on employing people again, because currently I'm working with contractors and freelancers to help me execute. Uh, but I'm getting to the point now where I need people in-house that I can kind of build relationships with and direct. Um, but yeah, I kind of overextended myself, got myself into a bit of debt, um, which then made me have to kind of just reevaluate what I was doing. So I, I just kind of went back to the drawing board and I went, okay, this idea works, but my current way of doing it is not, it's not functioning. So I, and that was a really humbling period for me because, you know, when things are going good, you're like, man, I'm so good at this. I'm like the man, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, to be honest with you, I kind of thank God that that happened because, I do just retrospectively reflect and think to myself, man, what an arrogant dude I would have been if I just had a continued in whatever success that I would have had. I feel like I would have got eventually got to a point where my wife probably would have hated being around me. People would have hated being around me because um, I would have just thought to myself, man, you're so good at this. 
Um, but, you know, like I kind of realized retrospectively that like, and, and I mean, you know this because we, we talk about this stuff offline, but most people probably won't understand the context of like um, faith and, and how God and our relationship with God actually interacts with us as people and what we're actually doing as like feeling like mission yeah. on the earth. Um, but, you know, I really felt like God took me through this, this season of just humbling and just kind of like taking me back and going, okay, you actually need to work some things out personally in yourself, number one. And then number two, you need to like figure out what you did wrong in the process and actually like try and build it up again. So um, the one thing that I loved doing more than anything was the website sides of things. So hence why I went, okay, I'm just going to like strip everything else off and I'm going to focus on the website sides of things. It's the thing that I like doing the most. It's the thing that I'm probably the most uniquely skilled at as well. Um, and so from there, I eventually started thinking about, okay, because I, I, I stayed as Trident Creative, stayed as Trident Creative. I'm like, okay, well, I think I need to rebrand this and like do this as a new thing and just relaunch it, um, which I haven't officially done yet. Like I'm still kind of in this kind of, I don't know, low-key building Cooking. mode yep. yeah so but i think i feel like i'm really really close to being having everything kind of lined up so that when i launch it's going to be impactful um but yeah so i i just decided that i'm just going to strip it all back i'm going to go back to just doing web design and focusing on this because i felt like what i didn't do well was and i think that looking at your journey the thing that you've done awesome is that you've gone this is the thing that i'm awesome at this is the, my niche that i'm really good at and then you're really good at telling people that story without it feeling like you're just promoting yourself. And so I feel like what I've, I've actually learned from you is like the things that you've done that have done really well, I'm looking at that going, I need to steal some of that stuff and do some of that. So it's been good um, watching your journey from like a bit of a distance as well and going, I need to implement some of those things. So I stripped it down, went, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm focusing on heading in this direction. Now I need to work on my execution of my product. I need to make sure that I can get it at a high quality, at a you know relatively quick pace, which is a really hard thing to do in my industry hmm. um, because you run into technical problems all the time that take you know months to figure out sometimes and the client doesn't understand that like I'm actually working a lot on this in the background, but it's like, it doesn't look like it's going anywhere, but there's actually a lot of work happening in the background to try and yep. problem solve something. Um, and yeah, now I'm at the point now where I'm like, I feel like most of that stuff is kind of nailed and sorted and I've productized what I'm doing so that it makes sense to people. Um, I'm really clear about the language that I'm using so that people can grasp it simply. Um, yeah, and then I'm now I'm, I think I'm at that point to kind of ready to start hit go and hopefully things just start going upwards from there. Um, that was really long winded. So hopefully I don't you can think something so. from that. Yeah. <laughs> was, I thought that was, that was very succinct actually. Mm. <laughs> so I, I really believe that you, you know, in the learnings and the, the things that we, we converse about when we're not recording, I really believe that it's going to, it's going to go well mm. and it, it'll, it'll take its shape the way it will. But I just love your resilience and just your just willingness to get back in there and, Obviously, acknowledging that you know things, some things were a bit of a burn, but you're still pushing through, and I mean, yeah, you're yeah. still around good people. I think so. Well, it's it's funny because actually, it wasn't until relatively, um, man, I, I truly believe that there is nothing that comes along my path that is isn't or hasn't been given to me by God as some type of way for me to correct who I am as a person, refine who I am as a person. Even something as simple as a random um, podcast video that came across my YouTube feed from years ago, right? It wasn't even like it was the latest podcast from somebody. It was some random podcast that came through. I don't know if you know Chris Doe from the of future. Course. Yeah, yeah so, so he, you know, in my mind, in my industry, I'm thinking, man, this dude's like awesome. He's got it together. Like he's got it all figured out. And I had never gone back and looked at any of his old stuff before. And then there was this one random podcast that I listened to. Um, in fact, it wasn't even a video podcast. I just somehow went on his website and like randomly found this podcast that was on like SoundCloud from like years ago. And when I was listening to it, he was telling the story about how he actually was, um, they were actually in the motion graphics industry and they failed 
Mm. He built this team and like they failed at that. And now when you actually, because I was like, he's, he's out there talking about his business as like, you know, he's like the guru to all the agencies. And then I went and looked up, his agency doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, he's just, he's now established himself as the Correct, coach, exactly. You know, and I went, I thought to myself, man, and he was talking about the fact that he had to learn that that, that wasn't a failure. Like being able to read, to be, being able to acknowledge that something's not working and, and redirect and repivot is not a failure at all. And I, and I had to like figure that out because that was a big part for me that's been hard over the last probably 18 months is like, you know, something didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. Again, because of my own arrogance as a person and I think that every idea that I have is perfect, right? Like I kind of went, yeah, the, what I'm doing is perfect. There shouldn't be a way that this fails. And then it failed. Well, it looked like it failed. It looked like it didn't work. And so I had to go back to the drawing board. And so now it, it raised all of these doubts in me of whether this was something that I was called to do, whether I'm gifted or talented in this arena of business or not, whether I have what it takes. And, you know, I had to learn just even recently, even, you know, even as, as far away as a week ago, you know, I'm constantly having to get up and tell myself that, you know, like, no, just, just stay the course, just stick out this, you know, and not, not get to a point where I'm like panicking or scrambling um, to try and like make stuff happen. Sometimes it's like just about trusting the process and trusting the journey that you're on and that eventually that you'll get to that point. And I guess the good side of it for me is that obviously I have a, I have a faith and, you know, I feel, you know, have a relationship with God and most people won't understand that what that what that means when I say that but every day like my, my I humble myself to listen to what God has to say about who I am as a person and the direction that I'm heading in and it actually helps refine and shape me and there's been so many times where I'm like stressed about something something that I need quite desperately and I feel like I need to take action step a b c d but I feel also then I feel God tell me not to stress about it. And so I just take a step back and I pray and I give it to God. And it's crazy the amount of times like I, I like I literally have had times where, I, where I've prayed and I'm like, God, I need five grand to come in today. And then that day I had a meeting with a random person who said to me, hey, I feel like you have some need. How much money do you need in your account today? And I said, I need five grand. It's like, okay, I'll transfer it today. Pretty cool story. Yeah, but then it's like it's, and then even just as recently as the other week, I'm like, God, I, I really need to get some more leads come through my door this week. And I went to a couple of business networking things and people I've never met before or people that I've had conversations with on a friendship level, but never on a, on a business level before. Like they're like, oh yeah, I know this person who's like looking for a website and blah, 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 blah. And uh, here's, here's their contact. I'm like, Cool. It's like you, you can't have so many of those consequences. Like yeah. Some of those um, uh, coincidences happen <laughs> and you think to yourself, oh, hang on a second. Like I prayed and then this thing happened. Maybe there's something to this. Yeah. And that's the thing that, again, I hope people, there will be people who will listen to our podcast that know we come from that faith yeah, yeah. background. And I, I love like in my own life, I always, my, my thing for myself is also like, thank thank God for the opportunity and make the most with the opportunity of what's been put in my hand, but then trust him with the outcome. Cause like you said, we can, t we have to take the steps A, B, C, D, but then at the end of the day, the results to others, it's fate to us. It's faith. It's, yeah. it's God. Well, to me, I've worked out that it's humility. Um, at the end of the day, that's what I'm learning. Like this is why, you know, and sorry, I don't know if you want to go this, this, let's go and, wherever you need this to go deep and spiritual about it, but you know, you know, like it's, it's let's part go. of who I am as a person. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, you, as a, as a person for you to reject God is a pretty, okay. For you to not to pray is a pretty proud statement. You're essentially saying, I don't need any help. Right. I don't need anybody to help me. Right. And this is what I've been this is why I, I, I have become such an advocate of prayer, even if you don't believe in God, right? Even if you're somebody that thinks to yourself, the idea of God is ridiculous and you have all of these flaws that you can pick up in the, in the, in the idea of God. And if you do, come and talk to me because I guarantee you I can help you work through all of them. But that being said, the idea of just simply saying that you don't have the answers 
And asking somebody for some help, I think is is just fundamental to what most people have wrong with their life. Correct. You know what I mean? Like we are so focused on having everything sorted and figured out that we somehow hide all of our our failures and our flaws and put them to the side as like some type of shameful thing that we don't want to bring out to people. But in fact, if we actually bring that stuff out, number one, it helps you have better relationships with people. You know, our relationship is partly big, like, and has so much connection because of how honest we've been with each other. And there are other people that I've had those same conversations who aren't Christians, by the way. Um, I've had really deep, meaningful conversations with and they become people that you have a relationship that's not like any anyone else yeah you know and if you if you're if you're so concerned about not giving people your weaknesses like it's hiding your weakness from people you'll never have enough of a relationship with somebody to be able to like really get help and get ahead and see momentum and movement forward and that's how i look at prayer i'm literally just saying God, I don't have what it takes to do this thing. I actually need you to help me in this situation. Powerful. It's true. Like there's, you know, there's so many people out there who just cry out to God and they like that's a, there's a natural mm. human tendency when we're desperate and, and realize that again, we come from the worldview that we were created by God that yeah. made in that image. And so he does hear us. But I think it's powerful, especially because we will have, we do have a quite, you know, sizable Christian audience with the people that I'm connected with. And just to hear that perspective on what prayer is, I think people could really learn and get in a lot from that. Yeah. What you just said. It's, it's, not a, it's not a religious thing. It's not mm. religious at all. You don't have to make it like some big liturgy. You don't have to go to a church service. You don't have to do, put music on. You don't have to do anything other than just simply say, God, I don't have this. I need your help. Hmm. And he'll answer, like he'll, he will. Yeah, and but you know, between you and me and everyone else who's listening, again, we've seen that happen. Yeah, like my entire journey from moving to Brisbane has been fundamentally based on that fact of I have no idea what I'm doing at any point in time, but please help and show me. Yeah, <laughs> and it's great. I love that's it's exactly what I wanted to kind of get out of this podcast as well. Great, is hearing some of that too. But you mentioned I want to kind of wind back a little bit because you mentioned just off the cuff that something about your mission and I know I don't want to hold you to what you might say today but do you feel like at the moment there is something a mission on your life that you kind of feel this is what I'm supposed to be here doing yeah a hundred percent um I mean there's some things like I am a person of vision right um I can tell you exactly what the purpose of my life is right down to the very last thing that I'm going to do before I take my last breath, right? I am not, however, in any way control of that stuff happening. Yeah. It's the difference, right? Um, I believe God's given me a vision for what I, need, what I need to do with my life, but I'm not necessarily in control as to whether that thing happens or doesn't happen. And that's part of the journey of what I'm, what I'm doing, right? But the main thing that I, that I want to do is... Um, I really, I really feel for, particularly for young entrepreneurs, um, who do they have to look to out in, in society other than people who, okay, so like think about it, like you got dudes like, like Logan Paul or like, you know, these like influencer business type people who look like they've got it all together and they've got everything sorted and they create this like, imaginary lifestyle that people uh, need to, uh, to obtain to become happy in their life, right? Um, they have to obtain some level of success, some, some imagined, you know, height to be successful, right? And I really don't, when I look around, I don't see as many, I don't really see an alternative to that worldview being presented to people. It's like in order to be successful, you have to have money. In order to be successful, you have to have achieved X, Y, Z. In order to be successful, you have to be international. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no focus. I think I look at my life and I think that the greatest success that I have is that number one, my kids have their life together. You know what I mean? Like they're coming into their teenage years and they're emotionally stable. They're, str they're strong. They're not going to be pushed around by anything that happens to them in their life. 
also I've been married to my wife now for almost 20 years, right? Like what, what 37 year old can say that they've been married to their wife for 27, for 20 years, right? Yeah. Nobody, right? Um, these are the two things that I'm the most proud of in, in, in my life. And I think are the greatest successes, if I don't achieve anything else other than that in my life, then man, I'm, I'm set. But I also know that there is a mission on my life for, for what God's called me to do. And that is probably the part of where I'm at right now in my life is that I feel like there is something that I need to be doing. And so I'm going to keep working at this until I achieve this thing. And what it, essentially, if you, if you want to kind of see the picture of it, is that ideally what I would like to do is I'd like to build and establish um, Killer as a brand um, that is focused on creative sides of things. So eventually we'll get into um, content and branding and, and web development and that sides of things eventually down the track. Um, I have a secondary business, which is going to be purely focused. And sorry, that's that side of the business is going to be primarily focused on conversion. So um, converting ads, converting traffic. So that's what that's all about. Yep. Um, then I'm going to have another business that I'm going to set up, which is going to be set around um, traffic generation. So that's going to be primarily just a marketing and advertising business. Um, and then the third business that I want to establish um, is going to be a business um, business coaching and business systems development business. Um, and the idea then is that from those three businesses that I'll have everything that I need to be able to go and find other businesses that I can or great business ideas that I can invest in and that I can help grow and establish and to begin to build my own, I guess, Shark Tank style environment where um, young, young business leaders who have great ideas but don't have the resources to execute that, that I'll be able to kind of you know, help. invest yeah. and help and build that into something. So fundamentally, would that have kind of a, an undertone or a very explicit maybe faith element to it? Not necessarily. I think I'm really like looking to, um, I'm really looking to establish something that, that is not, is, is not really dependent on any one particular thing. I really want to get into as many industries as I can and I want to really be undiscriminate in what I do. The only thing that I want is that that person has to want to be the best in the industry. Um, whatever industry it is, like that's, that's realistically, that's going to be my one criteria is that if you don't want to be the best person that there is, we fundamentally won't align on the core value. Yeah. Um, and so I won't want to be a part of that. But, you know, I have obviously when we're looking at like ministry sides of things, um, I'm very passionate about um, youth evangelism and that type of stuff. So look, I'd love to do that sort of thing as well. Um, I'd love to plant churches and that sort of thing as well, be on the mission field. So um, I look at business as, as a way for me to build a resource that allows me to not be limited in my ideas. I have lots of ideas. You know me. This might be a, yeah, well, with that in mind, this might be a, <laughs> a hard question to, to answer, but if you could take it to the nth degree, what does it look like? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to have a billion dollars worth of, um, a billion dollars worth of, of turnover every year. Yeah, amongst all of the businesses that I'm, that I'm connected with, at least 20 businesses are like significant businesses I, I want to be partially invested into. Mm. Um, yeah, I want to be, yep. have offices across the globe. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see any reason why I should stop. What do you say to people, doesn't matter, again, faith or no faith, about thinking about ideas and dreams that they might have? Do you have anything you can why, tell them? Why would you, why would you limit why would you limit yourself? Why would you limit what God can do, like do through you and in your life? You know, like um, taking it to, I guess that that I guess faith sides of things. Um, not to isolate people who don't believe in God, but um, why would you put a limitation on it? You know, we the the one thing that we have that um, pleases God is our faith right? When we, when we have faith in God and what he can do, like I'm not looking at any of this stuff thinking to myself, man, I am so good that I could do all of these things. 
I'm actually looking at all of this stuff and thinking to myself, and God, I really believe that you could do it. I can't see how it can be done. I have no, no clue, no way, no thought process of how it could be done. Um, but I just know that over the years, like the more that I trust God, the more he reveals more of a vision to me. So this idea, this vision that I have is not something that is like I had when I was 14. Yeah, and when did it come? It's just been a slow progression hmm. over the journey of my life. It's like every every couple of years, it's like it's like almost like another piece to the puzzle. Another piece to the puzzle has been added. And it wasn't until probably about three or four months ago that I had like I feel what what I feel is like the final piece to the puzzle actually be given to me. And now I'm in a process where I'm like, okay, now I need to execute on what I need to do in my life to figure out how we start actually making this not just some idea or some dream, but actually making this into something real. And, um, you know, that, that can be a particularly a daunting thing, especially when you're just starting out. And that's where I'm at, right? Like I'm literally at ground zero. Have I achieved any form of success or notoriety that anything, any reason why anybody should listen to anything that I have to say, like, what have, what have I done as a person? Nothing, right? Like, you know, I'm just, just some, just some 37 year old who's got a high self-esteem, you know, like who believes in himself. Like that's, that's literally all I have. Right. Um, but you know, let's see what happens in 10, 15 years time. Right. Like, like this is the thing is that you can't look at your life and look at where you are right now and think to yourself that, I'm going to see the lens of my world through where I'm at right now. If you do that, like that's the quickest way to limit the growth of your life. You know, you to think about, think about yourself like, man, I look at myself and I, and I don't see me as I am right now. I see myself as what I'll be in 50, when I'm 50, when I'm 60, you know, as, and that's the type of person that, that I, that I see myself as now, you know, and that could be a little bit hard because there's obviously a bit of disconnect between reality and, you know, being out there, um, you just got to learn to to be both those things at the same time. <laughs> just for again, for people who may not know your backstory, and you're very, I know you're very, very humble about the idea that you you no one or nothing. But I mean, for me, coming to Brisbane as a, again a no one and ha- having no idea what I was doing to come across and meet you in November 2019 and to see what you were doing. And I believe it was a success regardless of how you feel because if anything, it's helped people like me to look at that and aspire to something. When I, For those who don't know, when I met you, you had a team and a creative studio and an office and were doing things that I wanted to do and I know I'd had to achieve. And then again, just getting to know and build the relationship with you and hearing the journey and, and I've learned so much. So it's, it's contributed to, to me who I, again, I hope has also helped to contribute back to you. And, 100%. And and I think that that's by no means by no means have you not accomplished anything. <laughs> that's why I'm very I'm very bullish and very excited for what you're about to do. Uh, before we I guess get into closing the podcast, I'm actually very curious, especially because both of us have and have done and are currently running creative businesses. We both share very similar worldviews, mm-hmm. and both of us I would say are self-confessed analytical people, which makes us a very interesting fit in a world of creative mm. people. Mm. I'm the first person to say I'm not an artsy creative person. I'm very logical. And to me, creativity actually, as I explained it to my wife the other day, it actually just comes logically to me. It's like, this should be there because that makes sense. Yeah. I should put this person on this side of the frame because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I would hit record at this moment because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I put my camera behind this thing to achieve it. It's all logical to me. Maybe it sounds boring. And so I, I, I get some artistic, you know, enjoyment from it. I'm a creative person. Yeah. But I know you also have some of that analytical side. What do you think is missing or what do you think people should, who are interested in doing creative business ventures should know about the business side of creativity? Um, you have to know in yourself, okay, I think, I think it's really important for, for creative people to know whether they're an entrepreneur or whether they're a freelancer. I think, that the, I think that the number one mistake that creatives make is that they think to themselves that they are an entrepreneur, but they're actually they're just a freelancer. They have no, no real um, drive to um, 
push them through the hard times. Okay. And so what ends up happening is that, you know, you, you don't end up doing the sales calls. You don't end up doing, um, you know what I mean? You're like, you, you don't, you don't invest in like, you know, equipment and you don't invest in like, you know, people and processes and things like that, because that type of person is somebody who really should just become the best freelancer that they can possibly be. They should be the best. What they should aim for is to be better than every other freelancer that there is, so that they can increase the hourly rate that they're worth to people, right? Whereas dudes like you and I, we 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 more so operate on a on a business model where we're thinking about our what we do as a business as a product to a customer that has a need. Yeah. So we think about it in the sense of, um, you know, like looking at what I do. Okay. I look at and I think, okay, small businesses that are starting out probably don't want to spend more than $1,500 on a, on a, on a brand new website, right? That's probably about the absolute limit that they want to spend. I think about that and I go, that's a product to me. I have to figure out how I make a website that attributes all of the things that I'm passionate about, which is making sure that it's unique, that it looks fantastic, that it functions well for them, that it is going to be able to scale with them. Okay, I have to figure out how I do that for $1,500. I don't sit there and try and justify, you know, that it's going to be two and a half. When the customer doesn't want it, you know what I mean? The product is not made for that person. Yeah. There's no amount of convincing that you can do to... You have to change your product to meet the needs of the person. And that's why I have different products along my scale. And I'm not just going there going, you know, well, this is my hourly rate because I'm the best that there is. Hmm. I'm looking at ways I'm gonna, and then I start to think about it from a marketing point of view. I go, okay, this is a product that I have. How do I market this product to the people that need the product? Okay, well, I'm going to have to do probably some cold calling. I'm probably going to have to do some Facebook ads, some Google ads. You know what I mean? Like you have to do all of that sort of stuff. Um, most creative people who are freelancers won't think like that. And that's a good way to identify whether you're a freelancer or whether you're a creative entrepreneur. If you are a freelancer and you don't think that way, that doesn't mean you can't think that way and become one. It just means that you need to identify that and you need to swing the way that you think to become more this way. But in the same sense, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be able to make good money as a freelancer, right? You just need to align yourself with creative thinkers or sorry, entrepreneurial creatives and go, okay, this is the service that I have. This is my hourly rate. Um, how can I work with your clients? I think that that's the best, best way to look at it because um, yeah, there's definitely a place for freelancers in this industry and there's definitely a place for creative businesses. 100%. And I think both of us could attribute being doing this for at least five years mm. each that you kind of learn what it is about the business side that you missed at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. When we're so focused at the very beginning on what really is just the product. And then you start to realize over time that there is all of the other things. There is the acquisition, the operation delivery, and you have to somehow combine thinking about all of those things at the same time while smiling and selling it to your customer and delivering and paying your bills and all that stuff. Yeah. But it is a journey. So Yeah, and I and probably just to add to that, I think that the um the flip side is is that freelancers love what they do. Hmm. Right? Freelancers love like they love being on the tools. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I remember what that was like. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I was a good freelancer at, at one stage, but I'm not anymore because I, it's not that I don't like being on the tools. It's that um, my value to my business Correct. is beyond me being on my tools. Correct. And I've identified that. Correct. And I think, and I didn't know that we we're going to talk about this, but even with me and my, my current business coach, we've been talking about opportunity costs and breaking down what are the things that you're doing in your business now based on, you know, the value to the business. So therefore... I've learned, you know, without going too into detail that if I'm not marketing and selling, I'm basically losing 10, I'm working at 10% of my actual value to the business. Mm. If I put the same amount of time filming and editing into the marketing and sales, I would literally 10x this business. And that's something I'm trying to figure out because <laughs> yeah. I'm still needing to, but I love it, but I'm still, I'm understanding now. It's my, my call. Do I want to do that or do I want to, continue honing the craft exactly and like this is where it's exactly the same place that i'm at and i've had to i've had to ask myself am i happy 
earning $150,000, $160,000 a year being a freelancer for small businesses, small medium businesses as a web freelance web developer, right? Like I could be very, very happy just doing that. But as a person, I'm fundamentally not that way wired. I'm like, mm-hmm. how big can we make this thing? How far can we go? Like that's how how I am as a person. That's how I think. So I'm already like going, okay, I've created this and, and I've been on the tools, not so that I can get better at the tools, but that I can figure out the best way to be the most efficient on the tools so that when I get somebody come in, I know how to train them. I know how to teach them so that they can be efficient at their job too. And hopefully what happens is that I get the right person in there eventually who thinks like me and thinks efficiency and is able then to train and manage other people underneath me. That's how I think about what I'm doing. Yep, and that would be your general manager. Correct, yeah, or, or creative director or whatever role you want to give them. Yeah. Um, but essentially, they, they become the project managers or the, the people who actually interact with the clients. They're the ones that think creatively because this is the other flip side of it. It's like people like working with people like you and me because we think strategically about stuff because we're business owners ourselves and we're not just freelancers. Mm. We don't think about like how do we make this video the prettiest video that there is or the most cinematic video that there is, whatever the heck that means. Anamorphic bars. <laughs> you know, or like in my industry, the most functional website that yeah. there is. Like, what does that even mean? That doesn't mean, literally means nothing, right? We think about it from like, how do we, how do we make this thing connect with your customers the best that it possibly could? While still managing to enjoy and appreciate the craft enough correct to talk to the creatives that love it that much 100 percent. and that's the thing that i've loved i've loved is meeting people like matt who's producing the podcast at the moment who, who loves the craft and, and i want to equip him with the tools that he needs to do the best the the c70s and the the things to, to make the craft amazing because i still love that i still get that enjoyment and seeing other people fulfilled at, at doing the thing and then i hear people you know in our creative team at church who are just very artistic and then i go i can immediately go i am not that yeah but i appreciate when there are people like that there's a place for them and we can work together to create something incredible you have to work together right Mm. like like i have been on creative teams where there is somebody who is super creative and we look at the scale they're like this far creative (laughs) um but they don't have anybody who's this far admin yeah. You know, in fact, they probably can't work with somebody that's this far admin. They actually need somebody <laughs> Someone in the middle. right in the middle that <laughs> understands the creative, but enough about the admin that they can keep them going, Correct. which is the producer. Correct. Right? The producer is the most <laughs> underrated role in anything. Nobody's going to pay you extra money for a producer to be on set. You know what I mean? Like when you put that line item on your on your bill that says Don't tell producer. <laughs> listen, let me tell you right now. If you're listening to this video oh, and you see the line item of producer on there, you need to pay for that because that is the Correct. very thing that is going to give you the best result, right? Good. I wasn't sure where you're going with that. There's <laughs> <laughs> definitely a billable, a billable uh, expense. 100%. <laughs> people, people don't understand because people don't understand what that role is yes. and the importance of that role. And so, therefore, when they see it on a bill, they go, oh, don't we just need a videographer to film it? It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And they, exactly, it goes into the, the, that middle ground. Like, they're not exactly what, fully thinking about the admin, not fully thinking about. So, yes, any, any Brown Fox clients and killer clients listening to this, we are all adding producer fees. No, it's a project. <laughs> no, you just don't know they're there. <laughs> Cut. No, joking. I want to keep that in. Hey, this has been so good. And I feel like, as always, we could talk for days. Yeah, yeah. As always. But uh, I want to actually just ask a few short questions about, like, say, what would be the best piece of advice that someone's actually given you Mm -hmm. that you've implemented and you've Mm -hmm. seen work in your journey? Mm. Yeah, actually, just recently, um, our good mate, Jace Pearson. (laughs) Had a, nice, had a nice fatherly conversation with me. Um, and I said, oh, Jace, I'm just so, I'm so tired of being busy. And I said, and he just asked me flat out, he said, how many hours are you working? And I just said, probably 60. And he goes, welcome to business, mate. That, was, that to me was actually just the most freeing thing because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, I feel like I'm doing it wrong because I'm working so much. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's just part of the process. You know, it's the thing that makes us entrepreneurs is the fact that we love what we're doing. We love building it. Um, 
and we're willing to put the effort and work in to make the thing that's an idea in our head Absolutely. a reality. Otherwise, that's what separates somebody who's just got a dream from somebody who's going to make it into something. Absolutely. Like you say that and I've, I've had similar thoughts and I, except I'm in a, you know, I'm in a headspace where I'm quite excited. So I'm not, you know, I'm not currently in a bit of a, a lull personally, yeah. but even yesterday I was in church and I was watching the screen and I'm like, there's like a, a video that came up during church news and I took a photo of it and I put it into our group chat at work because I'm like, just, I got excited at the idea of thinking this is an example of something that we can do again, learning from someone else who's done something to put into what we do so that we can push to the next level. So we can serve the clients that are on the level of this production. Yeah. They would expect something like this. So that was my thought process in sending that. And it got me excited in the middle of, you know, and it's stuff like that where I go, you know, I'm, you're just always thinking about it, but it, you love it. Yeah. Because it's, it's ours. It's like, it is the thing in our life that we have the most responsibility for and no one else has responsibility for it but us. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know about you, but like my wife is not a part of the business in terms of like the daily running of it. Yeah. Um, it's not her responsibility to make it make money. It's my responsibility. So that's why I got to put the effort in. Yeah. Well, that's on my side. It's a, it's something to not spoil, but she, yeah. Annie, Annie, my wife is going to be part of what we do a bit more next year. She's already actually awesome. starting now doing some things, learning, learning the craft and learning process and marketing. But no, there's, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's they, again, self-awareness for them, Kim, she, you know, that's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, she's, nothing got, wrong with it. she's got her own things that she's responsible for. Like, you know, she's pretty high up in what she does. And yeah. it's like, she's got her things that she's responsible for. Um, but there, she's got a team of people that are also responsible for yeah. what's going on. You know, that's the difference of working in an organization versus being the person who's the head of that organization. It's like, if you're the head of something, there is no one else other than you that's ultimately responsible for whatever happens to it. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the driver. And that's the thing that most people just won't understand. If you're not willing to be the sole responsible for something, failing or succeeding, then business isn't for you. Yeah, I was listening to, again, one of the core influences for this podcast for me is the Diary of a CEO podcast by Stephen Bartlett. And I'm pretty sure it was him that was talking about how he was talking about so it's kind of late he was talking about ben francis who's the ceo of gymshark in the states and at the same time like say someone like drake and they've both got different pressures on them and they're both obviously both entrepreneurial but one of them has like a pressure of fame and public you know viewership yeah yeah and dealing with that uh, privacy and then ben francis at the same time like he he was able to sit down with him in a cafe and have a conversation and his executive assistant was the only person there. No one was mobbing them, but yet he is technically has a net worth that's three times of Drake, but you mm. couldn't have that same conversation mm. with Drake in that cafe because you wouldn't even get close. But then he said, but then it's a different type of pressure because yeah. what you don't know about Ben Francis as he sits there calmly in the cafe is that if he doesn't make certain moves, hundreds of people won't get paid next week. Correct. And it's like, that's an unreal amount of pressure to like think about. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I think that that's why I have the utmost respect for anybody who is the head of an organization because nobody in the world, no matter how big it is, even if it's from the smallest organization to the biggest organization, nobody will understand the pressure that you're under because that pressure is yours alone. It's you're the only person that is able to handle it because that's your thing that you're responsible for. And that's totally fine because like Jay said, welcome to business. Yeah, welcome to business. <laughs> but this has been awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I, love, I, love where we, <laughs> I love where we went with this and how it took shape. And obviously I asked you a question at the very beginning mm. and I don't know out of the list of guests I've got coming up next who's going to come on. But if you were to ask them, if you were to ask them a question, no matter how deep it is, what would you want to know? Yeah. Um, oh man, that's, that's deep. I think that the thing that I have always wanted to know is I love to see what people's, um, 
processes are for managing cash flow. We use the same one currently, I'm pretty sure, because you put me on it. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. I, I I wanna know I wanna know like what were some of the keys, I guess, that they that they figured out to managing managing their cash flow. Very interesting. I feel like that means that the next guest has to be someone who's running a business or in finance. I mean <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean I, I can't answer this question. I'm not the guest, so I can, I can ask another question if you want another question. <laughs> Maybe I mean, let's get let's get a B question. Okay, okay. In case B, it's B not. side B side question is um, how do you plan um, your team members and how, who's next to bring on board? Cool question. All right. So at the moment, you said that Killer isn't officially released. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like kind of soft, kind of on the on the download. Like I'm doing some like networking, and so yeah. people know about it from that. But yeah, hope you don't mind that I've talked about it about three or four times on the podcast today. Listen, I, I feel like I'm close enough to officially launching it that probably by the time you put this out, I'm hoping that I have officially launched. Great. If not, it'll be very soon. All right. Well, next week. No, <laughs> well, regardless of that, if that's the case, if people want to find you online or learn more about you, how can they get in touch? Yeah, I mean, you can go to K I L R dot au um there's enough of stuff there that you can kind of see what we do and yeah it's only going to get better from from there awesome thank you so so much for for taking the time today no worries, to, to chat with me and to all of our very very valuable listeners who have followed along thank you so much for sticking with us and i hope that you've gotten some value out of this conversation if you want to hear more and, and you know get excited for the next podcast guest that we have on then please give the video a thumbs up on youtube like share follow if it's on spotify or apple podcasts and we will be releasing the content on our personal channels and you'll hear more about it when the time comes so thanks again adrian no worries looking forward to catching up soon sounds good